So um, I'm just curious. So this is number 11. Does 11, 11. have a sp- special significance for you? Eric, for me, it does. <laughs> okay. Could you elaborate? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, you want me to? Oh, okay. Well, for me, um, it means that by now, by the 11th episode, I have figured out that for us in our talking, it's not just the words that we use, but it's the order that we put them in that's just as important. True. True. <laughs> 11 for me is Spinal Tap. This one goes to 11. And I'm so this glad to say to that 11. this one goes to 11. Episode yes. 11. This is 11 of Transcendence. Okay, while we're talking 11s, a great trick. While we're just, you know, this is this ain't political, this ain't philosophical, it's mathematical. Here's a great trick for you. Tio Mark. The answer is 121. <laughs> 11 times 35 is... Mm, so 11 times it. 35 is 361. Wrong. I'm going to tell you how to solve an 11s problem, and you'll pass it on to your neighbor. 11 times 35, you take the 3 and the 5, and you separate them, and then you add them together, and you put that number in the middle. So 11 times 35 is 385. Boom. Right. I knew that. 11 times 42 is? Is 462. Got it. Done. And Really? If, yes. And if the sum goes over 10, then you add one to the left side, to the 100. So, you know, 46 times 11 is, is 500. I love math stuff. You know what I'm really into right now? It's chess. Do you love chess? I love chess. Freaking yeah. love chess. Chess is great. I don't. Have you played chess since you were a kid? Did you learn to play when you were young? Heck yeah. In fact, I used to play chess so much, and I used to buy these books by the Italian grandmasters, and I'd play against them Brilliant. Through, the, through, through the books. And my brother, my older brother, would run around the house shouting, Mark's playing with himself again. <laughs> Oh, brothers. Oh, brother, where art thou? Actually, uh, my brother played chess and my dad played. And, you know, I had I just didn't get it when I was a kid. I played checkers. I played backgammon, but I did not get chess. And, you know, we talk about silver linings in this era. What are what are our silver linings in this kind of nightmare era? And one of my silver linings is definitely chess. I finally learned how to play chess. I was just playing before I got on here. I was playing with my son, Julian. Play on chess.com, which is amazing. And they have all these lessons. And you can play anybody in the world at any time. So you go on chess.com, you can be playing someone instantly. Literally. Like, that quickly, I can play someone in Russia, in South Korea, in Mongolia, in Argentina. And you're playing them in a game. And it's just like, it's the it's the ultimate game. Ultimate mm. But I, I never got it till now. I never really grasped it. And it's such a, what a, what a great. So when you play chess, do you notice that, particularly as the game progresses, sort of you, a, kind of a cruel streak comes out within oneself? Sure. Attack. 
Yeah. You know, that it does I have had situations where uh, I don't know, like I'll be I don't know, like all of a sudden things will look like a chessboard to me once you start playing a lot like out in life, you know, and uh this guy that I was studying this lessons I was taking or no, a book I was reading on chess, you know, he said think about the bishop says he's like arrows that whoosh, and the castles are like these what are, what are the castles? He thinks of them as like these, uh, I don't know. He has these kind of metaphors for, and the knight is like a guy on a horse. You know, he comes by with a spear and he can kind of go this way, you know? And it's like, but doesn't, isn't, isn't, isn't life. I mean, you know, if, that's probably a super, super cliche that's been used a million times. But now that I understand chess, I'm like, life is kind of like chess or chess is like life, right? I mean, you, you know, you it make depends, a move. Depends, right? Right. It d- it depends who you're playing against because if you're playing, it, it, it sets you up as an, in an antagonistic relationship. Uh, correct. I, like like if you have a, a good friend and you're going off to go sailing with them, ideally it's not like a chess your move kind of situation, and someone's gonna like kill the other person's power base uh, correct king. right, right. <laughs> although it depends on how the conversation's going i mean it may be you know you want to sink their boat <laughs> true 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 I, right. I i guess the thing is what reminds me of eric is that when my dad was uh giving me advice long ago um when when he was working full-time in manhattan uh, he would say to me, he'd go to work with two swords, and one of them was behind his back. Mm. Mm. And he said it wasn't on the offensive, it was for defense. Mm. He, you know, my dad was a sweetheart, but he said in the world he operates in, uh, he was in the publishing world, and he eventually got to vice president of a, of a company. Wow. Um, it, it, it was cutthroat. And so he, you know, I mean, he made friends there. He was an, he used his art. My dad was a photographer. Um, he used his artistic abilities. He enjoyed the work, but you have to, I, I, getting back to your metaphor, it's like, I think you have to have the ability to play chess and see things as, you know, the bishop and you're going to take this person's rook out or whatever if you need to. But if you mm-hmm. don't, it's it's sort of like, all right, let's see you, Eric Maring, get in the warrior mode. And I know you're totally capable of, of more than capable of doing that. But when you're amongst friends, you don't have to be the warrior. You could be the goofy guy or the just jamming guy. And it's just a different model. What's exciting about chess and life, I mean, you know, you get in and it's like your heart gets like it's really the game is really it's really addictive like playing on playing against people because playing against a computer i'll do to learn but really i like playing you can play anybody anytime and it's really intense and i you have this feeling where you're like oh my god this person's i'm gonna they're gonna beat me i can i can feel it but all but it presents a situation where i realize wait well they're just trying to win and of course they think they're planning to win, but you're also planning to win, you know, and it's like this kind of um, I think sometimes does people in in maybe in life and in situations is thinking like, oh, gosh, all these people are 
are, are, are winning or but I didn't let the feeling that he's he, he's gonna beat me or he could beat me get in the way of trying to win and then I ended up winning and it was like wow that was really interesting because if I'd have given in to that feeling that I'm in trouble like if I'd have given in then he would have beaten me or I could have resigned or I could have you know and I don't know I feel like there was some kind of life lesson there that's totally a life lesson I mean the, um, yeah you, you don't want to give up and you want to believe I mean, if you're down, it's the same in like football or in a company or whatever. It's like when you're down. So, for instance, if you have a company, you haven't gotten any contracts or you know whatever work in years. Do you just hang it up? Maybe, maybe that's a smart thing to do, or you keep fighting. Right. Right. And you don't give up. And then there's so many stories about. You know, I don't know, I'm going to make this up, but like the Rolling Stones or, you know, people who have become very successful and all the times that they fell and they just kept going no matter what. And they kept, you know, improving their game. And so, you, so there's that whole idea of using failure as that's really important in your evolution and your progress in understanding what success is. And for people who've never failed, it's like you may not want them running your company or, or being in a you know, serious relationship with them or that sort of thing. Um, and I think it comes back to chess. You know what I always I, – when I lose my queen, sometimes I'll totally blunder and lose my queen. And there is a player on chess.com who when they lose their queen, they automatically resign. And I'm always like, whoa, 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 whoa. where are you going? We had a game going. Why did you just resign? Like when I lose my queen, you say – Arr. But then it's like, wow, now how am I going to figure out and win this game without my queen? You know, it gets almost doubly exciting. Like, I don't want to lose my queen. But if I do, it, it, I think that's that lesson, too, of like, okay, that doesn't mean I'm done. It's like I'm going to I'm gonna keep scrapping until the end, and maybe I'll still lose. But, you know, it, it's still going to be thrilling, you know. So I have a really powerful memory of when I was a little boy. And I used to play chess against my grandfather. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I had two grandfathers, of course. And one was just the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest guy. And on the other side of the family, he was gruff and tough. And he smoked a lot. And he was just, uh, I'd ask him, please don't smoke. And he would just keep smoking. And he was mm. just not warm and cuddly. And he and I would play chess and I'll never forget the first time I beat him. It was really kind of intense. Um, it wasn't a good feeling. Mm. It was kind of, it was, it was a little bit dark. Um, wow. It was a little, little battle there, I guess. I don't know. I don't, it's, wow. it's just one of those strange memories I have in my life. And jump ahead a bunch of years, and I have a 13-year-old son who I play chess with a lot, and sometimes my 15-year-old daughter, but mostly my son. And it's just been so special to play chess with oh, him. yeah. Awesome. And, you know, like I would let him take pieces back. I was trying to boost his confidence. And over the years, he's gotten really good. Awesome. And I'd say maybe a third of the time now he beats me, and I'm trying. 
And I'm just so, so proud of him. And it's so much fun. And, you know, we laugh a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. They're fun, fun, fun games. And I, I, I feel like it's helping to teach him abstraction. Oh, my God. I mean, it is so much like I have I have like we'll have to get a game going on chess.com because I have ongoing games with my brother and my cousin. These are like multi-day games. So you have max three days to make a move and it's really fun. So it's not like you all have to sit down and like everyone has to, which is also really fun. But this is more like it's kind of like it allows you to kind of. But like so Julie and I, you know, we strategize, we play against my brother and stuff. But then Julie and I sit down and like the discussions that go on. It's like this this is I guess what I'm also intrigued by is like people have been playing this game for a long time. You know, I I've researching what I as I understand came out of India. It was a game originally like with elephants and you know, kings and things and and but people have been playing this for a long time. You know, we talk about um, legends, you know, why people love legends. So Luke Skywalker and you know all like why why have people engaged in this activity for so long? Um, there's something that you know speaks to something. There's something that speaks to something. How's that for some philosophy? All right, your move. <laughs> we both read a burning by Mega Man- Majumdar. Majumdar, yeah. So you read it, correct? I read the book, uh-huh, yeah, and I listened to it. Okay. And um, what was it like? hearing this book Eric well it was they, they use different voices for so so in this book a burning uh, a character who lives in a slum in Col- in Kolkata she posts something on Facebook about a, a terrorist attack on, that happened at a train station right and she gets into her into a lot of hot water uh, a tremendous amount of hot water and so there's three characters, three main characters in the book. There's a, a school teacher, was a school teacher, now has political ambitions. And then there's the main character. And then there is a, a hijra, which is a, a, a transvestite. And, uh, and Who wants to become, an, you know, in getting into the acting business. Right, correct, correct. And so those different voices, as well as uh, Javon... Uh, the main character and um, lovely the the Hijra and PT Sir, you're the three main characters, as well as Javon's parents, and uh, d- anyways, different voices for those people. That was really interesting. Beautifully written, very very powerful, but it was so dark. I was having trouble getting through it. Just like I was, I as a 19 year old, I dropped out of this course on Sylvia Plath, and. I, but I was, but, you know, we had this podcast coming, so I was all right, I'm going to get through this book. And at that time, I'm a member of Twitter, and I follow various people. And one of the people I follow is named Stuart Stevens. He's kind of this famous guy who's helped presidents become pre- president, things of like Lincoln that, very project? politically. Yeah, oh, oh, Project okay. Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> and and so I I saw him. Uh, posting something about Sylvia Plath, which I was thinking about. I was thinking about Sylvia Plath because I'm trying to get through the burning, a burning. And it it was just, they were both so dark. I made that connection in my mind. Mm. And he made a comment about Sylvia Plath. So I responded in a tweet publicly saying, oh, well, when I was 19 years old, I dropped out of this class on Sylvia Plath because it was so 
dark. And I said one or two other things, but basically that's what I said. And I've never had this happen before. I don't know if this is called cancel, like as part of cancel culture, but I got swamped with tweets. Like my little phone here, each time I I get a response, it goes beep. And so the thing was beeping through the night and they were nasty comments to me. People were saying the problem is not Sylvia Plath, who stuck her head in the oven and, you know, killed herself. The problem is you. They were talking about me. Oh, my God. And people were saying, you don't read and you you don't understand poetry and you are, oh. you know, shallow and you are this and you are that. And people oh like really, people, people don't even know who I am. And so I would try to say things like, um, gosh. Oh God. That's my 19-year-old self. I'm now 60 years old, but I was commenting on a decision I made as a, I don't know, 19 was I a freshman, whatever I was. The bishop bishop just moved uh, to, uh, you know— Check your checkmate. Uh, your, checkmate. Check your yeah. king, baby. Yeah, they Look were trying out. to slice off my, you know what, my um, oh sword. Oh my god! And and so I was just swamped, and I was wondering. I wonder if Stewart is gonna like step up and say, "Hey guys, leave this guy alone." But he didn't. He was just observing the whole thing, and I was thinking, I need to delete my tweet. Because I'm just getting abused here. But then I thought, no, no, I'm going to learn something from this. I don't know what I'm going to learn, but I'm going to learn something. And it turns out I did. And it really helped me with a burning. Mm. And what I learned was one of the people, well, two things. One is a professor, like this guy who's written 40 books. He and I got in an ar- not an argument, a discussion. I ended up buying his books about William Faulkner. So I'm very excited about that. The other thing is someone said to me, in, 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 interspersed with all the nasty comments about what a jerk I am oh. and how stupid I am and I don't understand, you know, anything. One person said, well, what you need to do when you look at Sylvia Plath is don't Look at the content. Look at the form. Don't look at the fact that she's so dark and everything is... She's a, she's a very depressed woman. And without being judgmental, it's like she was having trouble living. And she needed help. And this comes through very strongly, at least in the poems that I've encountered. But the person who wrote to me, Eric pointed out that the poems themselves, look at the language. It's so astoundingly, profoundly beautiful. Mm. And, I, and I agree. Sylvia Plath is an amazing writer. And that's how I now, that's how I got through a burning. Because Mega uh, Majumdar is such an astoundingly brilliant writer. The craft. Right, of, the craft, yes. The craft. The content was too dark for me. Mm. Right. You know, it's funny. So that's that's where you went with it. I, you, you know, one of my favorite books that you've read as well is A Fine Balance by Rohinton Mystery. And as I was reading it 
every reader gets to make their own associations. And for me, it was it totally reminded me of a fine balance. It felt like a mini version of a fine a part of a fine balance, which is just the dark side when he talks about the darkness. And and just the way that she used the characters, that's what I was reminded of. It's which is one of my favorite books of all time, a uh, fine balance, if not my favorite. So I just really appreciated how she used characters and the conversations and their thoughts and their actions to illustrate things using these characters and their relationships. It really, anyways, it, it conjured up a hint and mystery for me. Um, and she's gotten a lot of acclaim for this book, a ton, and, 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 and good for her and good for shining a light on, on, on these things. Uh, you know, the politician in this book, fascinating. That I definitely learned something just reading about this guy, how people get bent, right, because of power, right? They start off as a helping, as a PE teacher, and then little by little, you know, you get to interact with, ooh, like a star on stage. And then all of a sudden, you're interacting with that star and this movie star, and whoa, and then, and then all of a sudden, you have more power, and then you have power to... You get money if you do things, and you get power to. Ooh, that was. And that's the whole. That's the key. If you do things, right? Hey, if you do things, right? If you do things, hey, look, I'm giving you this access to this power. Could you do this little thing for me? It's just a little, little little thing, thing. and and that's a slippery slope, and that is the issue of morality. You know, as so when you start out and you're 17 year old and you look at the world and you say, gosh, you know, and you see the Marvel comic strips and, you know, doing good for the universe. And, you know, it's easier at that point to say, you know, I want to be on the, the right side of the force and I want to do good in the world. But as you get older and you see power yourself, what do you do with that? And that's where you start. Some people start making compromises and it's a slippery slope and in a burning the slope gets really slippery interesting to think about transvestites in india like in india she discusses this that they they bless people you know for money at weddings or at, at on the train i i thought it was fascinating and difficult because, you know, be, being in such a, you know, we were talking about cast before and being such a, sort of like a, a double whammy to be Muslim and a trans person mm. and to have very, very, very little money. I guess mm. that's sort of impl implied. And so he's, let's say three, three levels down in the caste system. And that person, uh, as characterized in this novel, as by the name Lovely, uh, really um, wanted to do the right thing and, and wanted to rise up and uh, be, be talented and be recognized and to rise up within the, the, the caste system, this, the structure, the hierarchy. Um, but they, too, went down that slippery slope in, in a kind of dark way. Mm. Mm. No, nobody seemed immune to the darkness and the moral failures of us humans. 
it's not about making a happy ending. This book was more about illustrating something, right? Uh, that, that like sh- dem- showing how things ha- how you know you get from A to B. Sh- the author was kind of showing how that stuff plays out, right? Yeah. More than more than get, uh, reading something where you get to the end and you're like, oh, and I it's nice how she tied things up and how you know in the end we have synergy here, even though we thought we were going to have it here or something. No, that's not, you know, that's not here, but I'm not giving anything away, but it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's illustrative rather than. I mean, put another way, often in a book, certainly in a novel, you'd sort of want some of the characters who go on a, a journey and maybe moral transgressions to learn something and, and to grow. And I certainly didn't think, I, I just felt like everyone was sliding down the wrong side of the slide. Hmm. I wonder if she, I wonder what she faces in terms of being an author. You know, if, when she goes back to India, what, what, you know, especially because this book has gotten a lot of renown, like what? Maybe she doesn't go back to India Maybe right not. Now. Hmm. You got to wonder, but she also has now a, because she has a big name, maybe she won't face. Uh, she and she has no like re, like our friend, say in India, who's a professor. She can't. She's not going to speak up, you know, because she lose her job or or get you know face persecution. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Look out! No wonder that Trump and Modi enjoyed each other's company. Um, you know, speaking of, I did want to sing a song. I had a song I wanted to sing. And it's it's a song because it's a song about a great patriot. I thought this would be a great thing. Like cuz we're speaking about great patriots. I thought I could I I I'd, I'd sing a song. And, and and you know, it's in honor of a great patriot. This is called Medal of Freedom. All right, let's see. Fights for us all, Medal of Freedom, stands so tall, Medal of Freedom. That's your part, you gotta say that. We're in awe, Medal of Freedom, Rush Limbaugh, he got a Medal of Freedom. Ooh, he got a Medal of Freedom. Ooh, he got a Medal of Freedom. Free men try, Medal of Freedom. Free men die, Medal of Freedom. Free men cry, medal of freedom, free men high, you got a medal of freedom, everybody, ooh, medal of freedom, ooh, you got a medal of freedom, Jesus Christ got no medal of freedom, Harriet Tubman, you got no medal of freedom, Frederick Douglass doing an amazing job and is being recognized more and more. But got no medal of freedom, Rush Limbaugh, you got your medal of freedom. Ooh, you got a medal of freedom. Ooh, you got a medal of freedom. Ooh, medal of freedom. Ooh, medal of freedom. Wipe your eyes, say medal of freedom. Don't you cry, medal of freedom. You're the guy. Medals and 
American freedom, medal of freedom. Ooh, you got a medal of freedom. Ooh, you got a medal of freedom. Years from now, what will they say about us? Who stood the ground, wouldn't go to the back of the bus? Who stood up tall, not to brag, wave, wave the American flag? Medal of freedom, ooh, you got a medal of freedom, ooh, medal of freedom, ooh, you got your medal of freedom. Nice song. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. The Patriots get the medals, the honor, and they deserve it. And we just want to honor, you know. You know, you know what that reminds me of, Eric? There was a an actual hero um, back some number of years. At, at Wait, the what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> there was an actual hero who uh, did something really heroic. His name is Richard, Richard Jewell, Jewell, right? Who was, as I recall, like a forty-something-year-old, forty-three or something-year-old security guard, worked uh, with law enforcement uh, at times, and he was hired. Tell me if I'm wrong. By AT and T to guard a tower, uh, for which was used for communication during the, I think it was the Summer Olympics in Atlanta. It was Atlanta? the 96, 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Yeah in Atlanta, Georgia, and he did something heroic. Um, he, you know, he was observant. He, he, he saw something that looked highly suspicious. He acted upon it, um, risked his own life, as I understand it, and really sprang into action as a hero would do and was vilified. Well, yeah, they quickly blamed him and I, I've, the, this was the first thing I thought of when I was reading a burning, you know, how different readings, different readers you get, you get conjures different things. And I immediately was thinking of, I thought of Richard Jewell as one of, one of these people, you know, where society finds, quickly finds someone to blame for something demonizes that person and everybody buys in the public buys in the media gets the public to buy in right the prosecutors get the public to buy in everybody wants and that's kind of what happens in the book of burning there's different realities but there's also that reality where people just want the monster and they want to think that and she's the monster and everyone and the press confirms it and the prosecutors confirmed it and I, what i thinking back to richard jewell I, you know, I saw the Clint Eastwood movie about him recently and read right. up more. And I, thinking back, I mean, I was hook, line, and sinker. I bought that reality totally that the press gave. Oh, that he's the guy. Oh, he's this schlump. And he just wanted to, he just wanted uh, to be, he did it for, to get no, or to, to, to be a hero. Like he planted the bomb and then then told everyone about it and then told everyone to go away so he could be the hero that had saved people, right? I bought that. I, I definitely, totally guilty as charged. That, but it makes me, 
it scares me because it makes me realize how the press can do that to you. I mean, I was my younger self. I might be a little smarter about it now, (laughs) hopefully. But um, that anyway, that be careful mentioning things on Twitter because you'll get you'll get (laughs) (laughs) right rolled over. Um, Right, he's totally exonerated. Totally. Right. Uh, it wasn't soon, him, and 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 but the, and a lot of the damage had been done. It wasn't him, you know. But I didn't, you know. I saw he that was movie. Vilified was, years years later. Um, oh, 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 just anyway. So that that I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it made me remember think of that uh, that that same thing where a bomb happened. You know, kind of like you know something. And, and uh, similar to a burning right and um society and, reaches mm, out because mm. it's trying to p- p- people are scared and and there has to be uh this collective cleansing p- right. people people have to point and 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 i guess in order to feel safe they have to find the bad guy um, it's it's not so great for everybody. It almost seems when though, it's like not it, clear. It almost happened. seems like it's more important to f- say that you found the bad guy than to actually find the bad guy, right? It doesn't. It's uh, that's what happened in this book. They found they found her. She posted this thing, and then she got blamed. Uh, and Richard Jewell certainly it was like, okay, they they okay, he, that's him. It's him. And then it was, you know, he was definitely not. But it was almost more important. I'm thinking of the lottery that we talked about a few episodes back. You know, like where you have a there's the, you got to find the monster and 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 vilify and throw stones at the monster uh, is a, is an interesting aspect of <laughs> interesting to say the least of being human. But here in the U.S., we're so U.S., like, so us. So us. We're so better. We smell better as in, like, we go like this or that we are, are pits. We, we, we are our pits. Pit, our pits yeah, smell we, like. We smell so much better oh, that, like, cat, like, smather, like Cotton Mather. But Do you know what Cotton the- Mather is? Well, he was the cousin of Mr. Peach when Mr. Peach lived in India. and In 1600s, exactly. I see. Oh, and then the chess, because chess was played in India originally. I get it. I, I see where you were going. And the whole thing the was ch- the pits. It, you were getting me back to the pits. Why do you always well, do that to th- me? Th- You're always, ch- it's always, well, it's, it's always. Chess, chestnuts. Yeah, people are nuts about chess. <laughs> and that's a problem with the males. But. <laughs> I th- I, th- I think we can all overcome this yes. easily okay. simply by following the directions. On the cereal box? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, because we want cereal. We don't want a cereal killer. Correct. But we do like Captain <coughs> Crunch. Chomp, chomp. And Fruit Loops? No. What did you say? <laughs> Peas porridge hot. Peas porridge cold. Peas porridge in the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> the frozen dog three days old. 
I, I like one frozen dog with that. So one question that is, I know a lot of what we speak about here when we don't quite get the order of the words correct is, is morals and what's the right thing to do. So let me ask, let me pose a question to you. If you were a dog, who would you rather have as your master, Ted Cruz or Mitt Romney? Would you rather be strapped to the roof of a car while driving somewhere on vacation? Or would you rather be left at home in a freezing house with poor quality water while your family doesn't take you and they go off to Cancun because it's all the daughter's faults? Mm. And let and let the Texans just deal with their issues and, and die freezing in their houses on their own mm. because it's a kind of a very independent minding minded state. They don't Correct. like they don't like it's like Alaska. It's like we're really independent. Could we have more federal funds, please? <laughs> it's like I've got friends in Alaska. It's like, oh God, do you not see that? <laughs> Same with Texas. Hello? Texas's power grid is like the only the only in the whole country, they're the only country that's like not on the power grid. Apparently, I don't on the national power grid. I don't know. I but you know it's good to be independent. Yeah, you know. it's good to be independent while sting, still hanging on the national teat. <laughs> hey, that sucks. So anything, who, anything, who's wait wait wait, wait who, uh, so uh, which, uh, which which master would you want? Oh, correct. Wait, did, so did, what is this about um, Romney? Did he put his dog on the top of a car? What? Oh my gosh, dude, where have you been? Oh no, I missed it. <laughs> where have you been, Mister Bean? So years ago, Mitt Romney was—I think this was before he was running for president because this came out one of the times he's run for president. Um, I think this was after he was governor in Massachusetts. I think he was governor in Massachusetts. Mm. Anyway, he's he's had a very interesting life. He's done a lot of interesting things. And it turns out he has a backbone and he has a sometimes he has an excellent moral compass, in my opinion. Um so um I hope you don't put that on Twitter because I'll just get creamed. <laughs> um but uh, having said that, at one point, he took his family on vacation or his, I don't know, maybe it was his daughter's fault, <laughs> but they strapped their dog to the roof of the car and off they went. No. Yeah. No, come <laughs> on. <laughs> You're serious. I did it's not. See. Dog eat dog world. So, so my back to I'm chess. Um, no, no, no. This is this is nonfiction. I'm quite serious. This is a podcast. Would I, <laughs> would I mess with you? Pawn would, to which, Kings Bishop Three. Who's who would I rather have as my owner? That's a great question. That's a great dog philosophical uh, thought experiment. Well, mm. If you want to gnaw on your bone for a while and think about it. <laughs> Oh boy. Um I'm gonna say Mitt Romney. Do I get it? Do I get a prize? Ding 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 ding. I think you you, you get you get a medal of freedom of honor oh, medal. 
like Medal the of song Freedom. You were saying. Does that yeah. does that come with Ritz crackers from the Ritz? Yes, yes, yes. I think it's all crumbling. Are you scratching your beard because you're remembering the times that you had margaritas when you left your state? No, I'm so freezing? hungry. I have a little bit of food in there. <laughs> no, I I don't leave my state. I leave my S state. Oh. And S stands for snowflake. Roof, roof. <laughs> they they call there's this new song. It's it's being played by by Sandy Beach, and oh. it's called it's called um, my dog. You ready? Yeah. My on. dog is not a hot dog. My dog is rather cold. He's really kind of frozen. He's frozen three days old. Yum. Yum. So it's the snowflake song. Oh, gosh. It, does the hot dog ever... <laughs> did you ever do that with a hot dog? Were you no, like, absolutely. You... <laughs> because have you ever been to barbecue and you had a chili dog? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you could just... I mean, that's it. Um <laughs> If, if you can't cocoon, you can cancoon. I can coon. I can coon. Cocoon. 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 I can coon. Cocoonon. 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 The GQP. So I'm so glad that Ted Cruz is is so Ted Cruz like because it's the, he can hold all that Ted Cruzness within himself, and and no one else has to have any. <laughs> because imagine if this spread through the land like a virus. Right. So he holds it all in. That's where it's in his belly is all that Ted Cruzness. Right. And he's keeping it in because he's a real patriot. I mean, he's a true American. He really is watching out for all of us. So he holds all of it in there. Right. right. Is that what he's doing? He would never oh. lie to us. He would. He would say, lie on us. <laughs> well, he would lie on Sandy Beach. <laughs> in fact, I think he was lying on Sandy Beach. Oh, that That's was why him. he was wearing oh. his rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't get burned while his his chili dog was freezing. Well, Chris Christie was toasting a uh, marshmallow uh, oh, over Chris, his belly. Chris oh, Chris is yeah. always toasting his. Huh. Um, <laughs> Any, I'm just I'm I'm all about true patriots, you know, true, you know. Folks that are standing up for like chili dogs, cheese dogs, relish on cheese, on dogs, on bun. If they're for that, as long as they're for that. Oh, they like I mean, it when it's on the buns. Yeah, <laughs> it's I <laughs> love that. It's yeah. it's it's all it's it's a it's a it's um I don't know is that Second Amendment the chili dog thing? No, what is that? Which one is that? I forget. But anyway, you know, as long as they're you know standing up for what's right or at least what's fattening it's definitely to the right yeah (laughs) they're standing up for all the stuff on the right yeah um can they stand you standing up with all that girth uh that he's holding in he can stand up yeah i guess yeah girth brooks no never no because girth brooks would never stay at the ritz carlton and that's what uh ted cruz he did you know he he got his family in place, and then he came back to like you know stand up for you know what's right. So it's good to good to recognize. 
and and it's so nice also for these really astute politicians to be thinking about the next generation because totally if to- you didn't that's have totally kids, what I Eric, I mean, picture yourself. If you didn't have kids, how could you blame all the stupid things you did? <laughs> if you didn't have kids to blame it on, like that's what I do all the time. Yeah, anything a, anything dumb I do, I said my kids. Oh, told my me kids to do made it. me do it. They they were they wanted me to do it, and I wanted to be a good dad. So you right. know, yeah, D- because you wanted to be a dad, or you wanted to be like a crawdad. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's that song. It's like that song, Crawdad sitting on a railroad track, honey. Crawdad taking <laughs> Thank you. You're with me. Yeah, well, so, yeah, actually it is. You're either with me da- or you're not with me. It's part dad, it's part crawdad. And because I'm a vegetarian, I'm all about crawdads. And by crawdads, I mean celery. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, do you want to parse that for me? Well, okay. Where you, I know like, how you, if, I, let's say you were running for for elected official posts. It's like, yeah. what the hell did you just say? And could you paint it in like different colors? Well, I'd say, uh, what, are you are, are you are, you're not trying to like uh, be partisan on this issue, are you? Because like when yeah, it comes yeah, yeah. to celery yeah. and carrots, what do you, you got know. to celery? So, <laughs> but the thing the thing is, it's it's in terms of partisan like like i just had pasta yeah. let's just be honest i had spaghetti no and what ooh. did we have we we put on we had partisan cheese partisan partisan <laughs> cheese and it's like so so cheesy <laughs> but very partisan yeah partisan oh, cheese it's terrible yeah it's terrible well i would expect nothing less from someone who doesn't like broccoli <laughs> Oh, you're gonna bring that up. Oh, I am. Are we playing chess right now? Is that we are? Your move? No, I did. I moved. No, it's your move. Check. Oh, you're saying by it's my move. That was your move. Yes, correct. Just to chop me off at at the willy. Right? No, at the at the florette at the it's the very it was the oh, chopping off at the don't florette. Don't do that florette with me, man. <laughs> I've been to France. I know all about that. I mean, because don't if it broccoli would... me, man. Don't don't make me eat anything healthy. I broccoli you into a corner, baby. Well, listen, I, I listen. If I were Ted Cruz, I, I I mean, there's so many funny jokes now about Ted Cruz. But why? He's a patriot. Let the man be. He's just like you know. He's 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 out for he's out for the good of all. But that whole thing about when things get it's so funny. Like the when things get so rough, thick. go to go the to Ritz Carlton in Cancun. In no, Mexico. But, yeah, but the Ritz Carlton. I mean, come on. What's interesting was when he got there, Giuliani was already in the pool, and um, it, it was kind of funny because Giuliani's, you know, hair dye had like turned the whole pool into a kind of a brown kind of thing. So they just, you know, dipped their glasses in it and drank and told people it was whiskey. And and the, and, the, and that's what you can do now is you can just say you can say this is you can. Language doesn't mean anything. It's just what you say it is, and then it doesn't mean even that. So, which you know, which hotel? Cheers. This was the the, the, the Ritz. Ritz. Wait, wait, wait. You mean the Ritz Total Construction? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Giuliani said, "I know a great hotel in Cancun. It's the Ritz." But, but, but didn't Giuliani say to Cruz, "Everything tastes good when it sits on a Ritz." It does. Yeah, he does. He he did, and he's right, and it does. Is that where they performed the Brits? Um, uh, or is no, it the British Museum? The Brits. No, <laughs> was it the Brits or the Brits? 
The, wait, what's your comment? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, I'm not going to... Wait, the, the hold Brits. On, hold on. Not back to the Brits, please. I've been there. I've done it. How often know. have you been there? 